0: listening to the Paranormal Chronicles Radio Show. Here is your host, paranormal researcher and author of the best-selling, A
1: Most Haunted House, Gavin Lee Davis. Welcome, my name is G.L. Davis, founder of ParanormalChronicles.com, and author of the best-selling true account that is Haunted Horror of Haverford West. Take the challenge and read Haunted Horror of Haverford West alone in bed at night. Tonight's show is like nothing you will have ever heard of. Before. And our question of the day is Do dimensional beings exist and do they interact in our lives? Let us know. Paranormal Chronicles podcast is brought to you by sixth books.com. That's sixth as in the number six, th books.com. And visit for a world of paranormal reading, out of this world adventure, and ancient teachings. So, Visit www.sickth-books.com today. Thank you for our incredible growth. Remember to press follow so you never miss an episode. And also, all followers are put into a monthly prize draw where one lucky follower will win a paranormal book plus a quarterly prize draw where one lucky follower will win an Amazon voucher. So press follow now. Follow, download our archives for the very best in paranormal topics from Bigfoot, Life After Death, Hauntings, Spirituality, Witness accounts, UFO and on location reports. We are so proud of this series, so delve deep into the archive and listen out for amazing shows. If you have an experience or theory to share, then find the Paranormal Chronicles on Instagram and Facebook, tweet at Paracron or email paranormal at AOL.com on tonight's show oh my this is a show like no other are there dimensional entities visiting our earth what is sex in the fifth dimension and is it better than ours in the third is there a dimensional battle happening right now on this planet and what is in store for mankind. Susan Plunkett discusses her new novel, Mission from Venus, which is not the work of fiction people will believe. Susan believes this to be fact, and her research and theories will change your life forever. Susan Plunkett is a writer and psychologist in a private practice in New York City. She received her doctorate at the New School for Social Research in 1989. Her new book, Mission from Venus, pushes further into the worlds of the fifth and sixth dimensions. She lives with family in Greenwich Village. Unfortunately, still in the third dimension. On with the show. Let's get straight into this, as this is truly incredible. Mission from Venus is based in a fictional setting. Many of the concepts are based on your own experiences and research, which makes this one of the most fascinating books ever written. So your book begins on Venus in the fifth dimension, where wanderers are training for a mission to save Earth from the dark side. Can you break this down for us? What is a wanderer? How did they get here? And so on.
0: Yes wanderers everybody's not going to believe this but this is what i actually come to believe that there are 65 million wanderers on earth now incarnate as human and wanderers are really from a higher dimension they can be from the fourth dimension the fifth dimension the sixth dimension and they volunteer to incarnate in a human body through birth as a baby grow up here in order to help Earth and humans for the love of Earth and humans. The problem for them is that once they take a human life, they have to pass through the veil of forgetting and they don't know that they're from a higher dimension and they have to wake up on Earth. And that's a really hard thing to do because this is a heavier dimension than where they're coming from. So of the 65 million wanderers that are currently on Earth from the 4th and 5th and 6th dimension, maybe 35 or 40% are awake. Many of them know they're not from this time and place. All of them know there's something different about them. Tesla was a wanderer. Buddha was a wanderer. Jesus was a wanderer. Ben Franklin was a wanderer. Thomas Jefferson was a wanderer. I believe Elon Musk is a wanderer. I don't know for a fact, but I think so. And in this story, I have a group of wanderers who have agreed to train on Venus that is not Venus as we know it from Earth in the third dimension where the atmosphere is 96% carbon dioxide and the surface temperature is over 800 degrees Fahrenheit. No, not that Venus but Venus in the fifth dimension, which supports all kinds of life and has an atmosphere there's an atmosphere around it similar to Earth. So the book begins in Venus in the fifth dimension, which is a very beautiful place. And a call has gone out across the universe that Earth is about to make the leap to the fourth dimension. But many Earth beings, many surface dwellers on Earth, the humans, are not ready to go to the fourth dimension so that they need they need a little help. Thousands of Wander volunteers have come to Venus to train to be wanderers on Earth. And this is the first time that wanderers have not incarnated just separately on their own will. But a group, specifically, I'm going to follow eight, eight of these wanderers through their story and their journey. So that's basically where we begin. And some of the people, the wanderers, People that come from higher dimensions, you know, they're, some are bipedal, some are quadrupedal, some have sensors and scales, and they don't have ears and eyes, but they all... Cooperate to become bipedal with two other limbs and five digits on each limb and a sort of oval head and basically versions of eyes so that they can practice for when they will inhabit a human body.
1: That's absolutely incredible. Now, you mentioned that beings from different planets are living on Earth. For example, beings from Mars and from Moldek and from Lemuria. When and why did they come to Earth?
0: Right now, there are about seven and a half billion humans living on earth and an original group volunteered to seed Earth and came probably taking the bodies of higher apes and altering them um, as they came in some people believe, through a passage around where current-day Hawaii is, to evolve on Earth as part of an experiment to see if without knowledge of the Divine or of Source and not remembering where they came from, they could find their way back to Source and no one could help unless help was requested. But other things were happening in the cosmos as these beings were evolving. For example, 700,000 years ago, Maldek, which was a planet between Jupiter and Mars, it was a planet between Jupiter and Mars, and it blew itself up in a nuclear war. That's why we have this asteroid belt between Jupiter and Mars. For the first 200,000 years after they blew themselves up, these sol- they destroyed their planet, Maldek. They were in a tight knot, and no one in the universe could reach them. But about 500,000 years ago, those in charge of this corner of the Milky Way decided they could get through to them and that they, since Maldek had been a higher third dimensional planet, that they would bring these beings to Earth in their light bodies, but they needed to have some cosmic retribution for blowing up their planet. So instead of being given human bodies, they were giving bodies similar to Bigfoot and they were living inside the Earth. They were not allowed even to live on the surface. Now that was 500,000 years ago. Some of them are still here, having evolved to humans. Many have passed on. So there are one group that's still here. Those from Mars, more recently, only 75,000 years ago, they had a nuclear war. They did not destroy their planet, but their atmosphere became inhospitable and all the beings died. Those 75,000, the Council of Nine in charge of our area of the galaxy, decided they too, because they were higher third dimensional, could be brought to Earth. But they were thought too warlike. So in their light bodies, they were altered to become less warlike before they were seated and they were allowed to take human bodies. And there was the problem. Because the Council of Nine, after the, the Martians were altered, decided that that damaged the validity of the experiment. Can people just naturally find their way back to source without interference? And having changed the Martians, they didn't want to, anyone to do that again. So they put a quarantine around Earth so that no one could interfere here again. So we have these beings from Mars, we have the beings from Maldek, we have those people who were originally seated on Earth, and then we have another two billion from other galaxies who are seeking a third dimensional experience some, we've all been on many planets in many types of life forms and we have a choice as we go from the first dimension to the second to third to fourth to fifth to sixth etc to live on whatever planet matches our dimension so there are beings from other galaxies seeking a third dimensional experience who are here and then there are the original ones that were here and then there are some that evolved from rocks to crystals to plant to animal to human here so we're really a mixed bag.
1: Can I just ask here With the Bigfoot like creature that was subterranean, it was like in the hollow earth, so to speak. Could that possibly explain why we have Bigfoot now?
0: That's what I think. I mean, I was very excited to see the cover of Paranormal Chronicles because ah, there was Bigfoot. It was just amazing. And I thought to myself immediately, these are they're left from Maldek. These are the Maldekians that were the slowest to evolve. Because many are gone from Earth now to fourth dimensional planets. But obviously there were people evolve at different speeds. And I think people see them because occasionally they come out from living in the subterranean and they get spotted. That's what I agree with you on that. So
1: listeners will be on the edge of their seats for this question. We will be right back after these important messages.
0: I've Never Met a Dead Person I Didn't Like is the extraordinary travels of a young, alone, and broke psychic in the highly anticipated new book from internationally renowned psychic, medium, medical intuitive, and best-selling author Sherry Dillard. Critics have described I've Never Met a Dead Person I Didn't Like as an engrossing memoir, an empowering story of how a broken girl came to accept her psychic gift, a refreshing and fun read. I've Never Met a Dead Person I Didn't Like is available through Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble and wherever books are sold. how far would you go to protect the children in your care Nyla's babies is the terrifying chilling book from jack simonson in which a young nanny battles an ancient demon for the souls of the twin babies in her care critics have heralded Nyla's babies as an impressive and vivid imagined story compelling and devilishly spooky shocking and haunting Nyla's Babies is available on Amazon, Kindle, or wherever books are sold. Visit cosmic books.com for more on Nyla's Babies. Sixth Books will take you to other worlds, haunt you, open your mind, and push you far beyond the veil of the unknown. Sixth Books is a leading publisher of books on the body, mind, and spirit the paranormal, consciousness, ancient wisdom, and the afterlife. Explore today. Learn today. Open your mind today. Read today. Visit sixth-books.com today. The world as you know it is about to change. Do you wish for more paranormal and spiritual content? The Paranormal Chronicles magazine is a free digital magazine crammed with the very best in paranormal and spiritual articles and features. No sign-up, no
1: subscription, just free reading and knowledge for you. Read today at
0: www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. Hi there, my name
1: is Claire Waters and I would like to invite you on an incredible journey. I have written a book based on
0: my personal experiences called Raising Faith a true story of raising a child's psychic medium. It's my family's extraordinary experiences with our young daughter's ability to
1: communicate with spirits and the inspirational lessons learned on our journey. Raising Faith is currently available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, and wherever books are sold. Join me on this beautiful and incredible adventure. For more information on Raising Faith, visit my website, raisingfaith.co.uk, or my Facebook page, Raising Faith Book. See you there the international chart topping haunted horror of Haverford West has been described as terrifyingly real a must read shocking and chilling brilliance genuinely worrying utterly frightening don't read before bed described as one of the spookiest writers out there best-selling author GL Davies presents haunted horror of Haverford West the true paranormal account that is shocking the world dare you enter dare you read haunted horror of haverford west is available on amazon barnes and noble kindle and wherever books are sold pray you never have to live there i found your description of sex in the third dimension as compared with sex in the fifth dimension fascinating Could you share a little of that with us and explain what it means?
0: Yeah, nothing more fun to talk about than sex. Yeah. Sex in the third dimension and sex in the fifth dimension have one thing in common. They're both meant to be a joyous energy exchange where one partner, the male, the physical male or the one representing male or whatever gender that's more that more outgoing one. Well, I'll just say male transfers. At the point of orgasm, his strength and physical energy to the female. The fire of the male prevents the female from stagnating, becoming brittle. Like, you know, an old maid who never had sex in her life kind of gets kind of brittle and dried up. But if they're still having sex, they're fluid. Uh, That's because of the male fire preventing stagnation. That happens in the third dimension. The female in the third dimension is the muse For the male she transfers at the point of orgasm both emotional and spiritual energy which inspires the man the female can calm the the angry part of the fire in the male and transmute it into creative inspiration and even if just one of the two has an orgasm the energy exchange happens it's more powerful if both have an orgasm it doesn't even have to be simultaneous now sex in the fifth dimension has all of these properties but in addition since the universe itself dwells in a state of orgasm of timeless ecstasy higher dimensional beings they hook into this timeless ecstasy they're able sex in the fifth dimension can carry one right to intelligent infinity right up to this state of cosmic orgasm where they can dwell for hours it's not just a little flash That we have, I mean, orgasm is the most magical spiritual energy that humans have available to us. But in higher dimensions, this orgasm becomes a timeless ecstasy.
1: So let's all evolve. Yeah, most definitely. I'm up for that. And I think my girlfriend would be too. And <laughs> I think and I think about 10,000 listeners right now have just gone and Googled Mission from Venus by Susan Plunkett. They're like, I want some of that. Trust me, it's an amazing book. Some of the concepts that myself and Susan are discussing tonight might be alien to you, might be strange to you. So when you read Mission from Venus... It'll all make sense to you. So how do the dark side and the light side fight one another? What is it that each side wants with us humans? What do they want us for?
0: The dark side is only in service to themselves. They want to control humans, enslave humans, gain power over humans. They live to create an elite and a non-elite. They're the elite. They don't work together, the dark lords. They all, it's only out for themselves. And the more harm they create, the more misery they create, the more suffering they create, the stronger they grow. The ultimate control they have over another being is to take that being's life. But they prefer to enslave them and make them do their bidding. They like to torture people. The light side, on the other hand, is in service to others. And they grow and advance through the belief that all are one and what you do for another is also done for yourself just as what you do for yourself is done for the other. So they have two different philosophies. And some people choose to take the dark path, and they can advance. The more they torture, the more powerful they become. And we do have higher dimensional beings on the dark side. We have fourth and fifth and lower sixth dimensional dark side beings. But after a certain point, higher sixth dimensional, you can go no further on the path of darkness. You must make the jump to the light side. Whereas light beings, those on the path of service to others, they can go all the way to enlightenment on the path of light. The way there are two ways in which they fight. They fight on different planets for control of the surface dwellers and the inner dwellers on those planets to get to bring them onto their path on their side. And when they actually are not in a third dimensional planet but when they're fighting in higher dimensions fourth fifth and sixth dimensions they fight with light kind of like star wars but they don't need sabers they can just like the light side can shoot light right out of whatever form they're in say they're in a a bipedal form with hands they can shoot light right out of the hands or out of the heart as can the dark side
1: in a mission from venus you write that life on earth was set up to be an experiment Is that why it was necessary to place a quarantine around Earth and set up rules for incarnating here? How does the quarantine function and when was it placed around the Earth?
0: You're exactly right. That is why there's a quarantine, because it was meant to be an experiment, as we talked about a few minutes ago, to see if beings with no knowledge of the divine or of source could find their way back to source without help. And so once there had been interference when they altered the Martians, the Council of Nine did not want any more interference. So they put the quarantine around. And what it means to have the quarantine is you, you can't come here without permission, with the exception. That's why the Higher dimensional beings can't just drop down here and help us. They have to actually incarnate to be here. Now, the way the dark side, they incarnate too, but they also find ways to slip through the quarantine. They slip through and they do a lot of damage. But yes, when you come through the quarantine, you also go through the veil of forgetting and you don't know. None of us humans know unless we figure it out where we came from.
1: You say that all eyes in a galaxy are watching Earth at the moment to see if we can make the leap to the fourth dimension. So this is Earth's time. What does that mean? Do we as humans on Earth have the ability to make the leap or will we be tossed off the planet?
0: If we don't make the leap, we will have to find another third dimensional planet. Earth is ending a 75,000 year period and Earth herself is is a living being who's been evolving through the dimensions. And it is Earth's time to transition to the fourth dimension. So if you are not fourth dimensional, you will not be able to reincarnate here again. Earth is going to be in several hundred years a paradise. This is going to happen. So only fourth dimensional beings will be able to live. I mean, first and second will be able to live here, but not third. And then of course, fourth and higher. So if you do not hold enough violet light to enter the fourth dimension after you die, you will have to go to another third dimensional planet somewhere else in the galaxy, some this galaxy or some other galaxy. But if you do make the leap, then you can come back here. And this is the reason the wanderers and all eyes around the, are looking now to see how many people, how many beings on Earth will be able to hold enough light to move to the fourth dimension. And the Wanderers are coming to try to help those numbers be more. In a mission
1: from Venus, among the Wanderers in your story who are about to come to Earth, you follow four pairs of twin flames. Can you explain what a twin flame is and how that differs from a soulmate? Do you identify with any of the twin flame pairs in part?
0: I do. People disagree on the definitions of these terms, but I'm using twin flame Pair to mean at the moment of creation when the spark flew out from source, it split into its masculine and feminine aspects. Those two went out separately, the two halves of that one flame, that one spark, and they went through their incarnations and their lives in whatever galaxies or planets they were doing. And at some point, after maybe millions of years, they find their way back together and reunite as two people, because they are two flames sharing one soul, or two two uh, beings sharing one soul. Now, a soulmate is different than that in the way I describe it. You could have many soulmates. You have only one twin flame, and not everyone split. Not everyone has a twin flame. Soulmates are those members of your soul group that you have traveled through lifetime after lifetime with, incarnating here, there, around it in this galaxy, the sombrero galaxy, the spiral, you know, all different galaxies. And there can be like 30, 40 in your group, and you come together life after life. One life you're married to them, one life they're your kid, one life they're your sibling, one life they're your boss, but you know these beings. And I do, I have four pair of that are incarnating, and the ones I identify most with are Sonam and Ativio. Since you
1: identify most with Sonam, how did you come up with the name Sonam?
0: That's a good story. My younger sister died of cancer, and I was really missing her. And I had done a lot of past life regression through the years with many different past life regression people. And then I discovered through a book that there was a thing called life between life regression, where you didn't go to a past life but you went to where you go to between your lives. And since my sister had just died, I figured she was there. I went there and it was a process. I found this psychologist who did it. It was an eight hour process, two four hour blocks. And while I was over there, he was recording it, and I, and he kept wanting me to talk, but I was communicating only telepathically with the beings over there, and it was annoying every time he asked me a question because he was trying to get something on the tape for me to have. But one of the questions he asked me and that I answered was, what do you look like? And I was a blue oval about the size of a human, but just a blue oval. And then he asked me, what's your name? And I involuntarily said, Sonom. And I believe that is my sole name that I travel through all time in all eternity with, even though in this life, my name is Susan Plunkett. I don't always know that's my name. One morning I woke up and I said to my then husband, I recognize you, but I can't remember what my name is in this dimension. He said, your name is Susan Plunkett and you're married to me. And I said, right, 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 right. But sometimes you go so far out, it isn't your name everywhere or in all lives. But I believe Sonam is my name. So her character is a little bit based on my personality.
1: This is incredible because so much of this book, Mission from Venus, people will see as a fictional fantasy adventure and time and space and spirituality. But so much is grounded In your experiences, in your belief And in your theories, it's incredible Mission from Venus, I don't think There is anything out there Like this, and tonight We're only touching the tip of a Very, very, very big iceberg And I think people are going to have a lot of questions And I think they're going to have to read Mission from Venus To find out more, so Going back a little bit, and you know, it's was, it was so tragic what happened with your sister. What is life between life regression? How is it different from past life regression? How do you get to the place we go between incarnations?
0: You go to your last death, like where you died um, the last time, because life, past life regression just takes you to other lives you've had, but life between life regression takes you to that place between lives. So in my case, the regression therapist, I've I've visited many lives in the past, but in my past life, I I was a Japanese man, and I had committed harikari. So I went to that life, and I died in it, and I crossed over into this beautiful light space where there were many beings, and they were all ovals of light. And I didn't see my sister at first. I had gone there to see her, and I was longing to see her. The first person I saw, and I knew who it was, even though he was an oval of light, was Carl Jung, who is my mentor, even though, of course, I've never met him. And then I, I saw my father. My father was a purple oval of light, and behind my father was my sister in a sort of pale orange oval of white. And you know, after I did this regression and I had a lot of mental telepathic exchanges with all three of those beings. I saw other beings too. I I didn't know if it was really real, although I wondered how did I get the name Sonom? That's like that just came. So one day a couple weeks after I was lying on my bed under headphones listening to this past life regression. Not thinking much about it, but just listening to it and feeling a little emotional again. And my daughter came into the room to ask me a question, and she touched my leg, and I levitated a foot off the bed because, and I realized at that moment that I had gone over again, that that was actually real, that he had totally, deeply hypnotized me, and I had crossed over, and I did it again listening to it. And my daughter said, don't worry, I will never touch you again when I see you lying with headphones. (laughs) I will never touch it because it scared her to see me levitate. And that was me crashing back into my body, I think. Which I think is also happens when we have falling dreams, that we dream we're falling. I think we're just coming back to the body after having been out in the night.
1: So powerful, so raw. And thank you for sharing something deeply personal to you. You quote Carl Jung on page 103 of your book, Mission from Venus, saying, The world hangs by a single thread. And that, Fred, is a psyche of man. Could you explain what he means by that?
0: Yes, I love that quotation. What he means is that a lot of trouble happens in the world. He was very afraid of nuclear war because he had dreams. You know, he had dreams where he was fearful of what man would do in the last years of his life to the earth. And he realized, because he was a psychologist, but that our psyches are so powerful and in particular, the things that we don't own about ourselves, which he called our shadow, our lying, our stealing, our bad-mouthing people, our gossiping, our hatred, our rage. what If we can own that and say, yeah, I lie, I, I gossip, I do these things, I own that I'm not perfect, then we're better off. But if we don't own it. if we think we're perfect, we have to get rid of all those bad feelings. So we project them on other people. And sometimes we do mass projections, even as cultures. In America, all the darkness was projected on blacks. They were enslaved and instead of looking at our hatred and our willingness to use other people and enslave them, we made them lesser. So it can be done as a group or it can be done in, in America now. There's a lot of projection on Mexicans and on on Muslims. What we don't own or what we can't own, what we don't have the strength to admit about ourselves, we project onto other people. But the more each of us owns our own shadow and doesn't project it, but says, you know, I am whole. I am made of dark and light. I am not perfect. I am not a perfect being then we don't have to project it and we can work with it. So that's what he means. Like the world hangs by a single thread and that thread is the psyche of man. How much does each of us own our own shadow rather than project it onto another, hate them, have to destroy them or go to war with them?
1: That is so powerful and so meaningful at this stage of our existence on this planet. You're the embodiment of so much knowledge, experience, incredible experiences that some people will struggle to get to grips with. Some people might have had experiences that they don't understand. But you've put it all together into Mission from Venus. And I know that Mission from Venus won't be the only book. There's going to be more. So what made you begin right in this fantasy fiction trilogy that begins with the Mission from Venus?
0: Wow, that is that is a, a big question, but. All my life I've sought out, you know, channelers, psychics, healers, people who work with light energy, always trying to find answers for like what we're doing here. And I thought that my career was to be a clinical psychologist, and I think that is part of it. But I worked for years with the daughter of an Australian aborigine who channels various different beings. And for a period of time, she was channeling a group of archangels. They came through at one point. And they said, you know, it's all okay for you to be a psychologist. I realize you've been a psychologist. At that point, I'd been a psychologist for 25 years. But your guides really want you to do something else. And they want you to write a book. And you need to write a book about what's going on on Earth. You need to tell the story of Earth. You need to retell our human story where magic is real. And you need to pull together various esoteric threads in this effort so my first reaction was i can't write a book i got a dog i got two cats i got 30 (laughs) patients i got a family i'm not resistant and then i spoke to another psychic cindy dale a wonderful psychic in minnesota and she said look it's one below zero here and i'm burning up because my guides are saying the same thing you damn well better write a book I don't know, how am I going to do it? And she said, you're a channel. You've been told that so many times over the years. Stop being afraid of it and just sit down. It's just going to pour through you. She said, your problem is going to be that there's so many voices that you're going to have to like fight for your own voice, too, because so many people are waiting to just come through you. And it was true. I just sit down at the computer and I write. And I just, as you know, finished the second book of the trilogy, which is Wanderers on Earth, those eight wanderers, they're all here, but I'm following eight and all the things that they get up to while they're on the planet and how they finally discover that they're from higher dimensions and all the things that happen to them as children as the dark side tries to take them out before they wake up. So I was really directed to write it and it, it isn't me. It isn't my brain. I don't know where it comes from. It just drops through and comes out my fingers on the keys. I'm so lucky. I'm so honored that they're using my vehicle to put out this information. I take no credit for it.
1: And I think that adds a certain weight, a certain gravitas to your work because when people read this, it's not like you're Stephen King who's creating characters and, you know, trying to create a narrative. You are channeling this information into a way, into a form that the readers can understand and, in some cases, relate to or ponder over. And I think that everybody that reads, mission from venus it's a totally unique experience and i haven't read every book there ever has been or will be but i guarantee that listeners now you go and read mission from venus You won't have read anything like this before. And this book isn't just a story. It might become part of your life. It might become a philosophy. It might be something that opens your eyes to a new universe, new possibilities. Susan, thank you so much for your time tonight. How can people contact you and where can they read Mission from Venus?
0: They can contact me at my email, which is susanplunkett at icloud.com. Plunkett has one T. They can buy Mission from Venus on Amazon, or bookstores can get it from John Hunt Publishing, and it will be in some bookstores. I'm giving a reading in Shakespeare and in West Sider and three bookstores in New York, and hopefully later, maybe others. UK Amazon or American Amazon.
1: Yeah, it's worldwide. It's available worldwide. So I'm just having a look at the notes here. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Hive kindle e-reader you can go to wwwcosmicag bookscom or to johnhuntpublishing.com and look for susan plunkett with one t p l u n k e t susan's also got a website susanplunkett.com pop over there to some more information on the work she does her books and just all the exciting information she's got now what i'd like you've given us so much food for thought So much that will baffle, amaze, delight all our listeners. But could you leave our listeners with a final thought, just something to leave them with?
0: I'd love to take heart. You're the creator of your life. Let go of limitations. Use everything that happens to you in life as a catalyst for your own growth. Even the least conscious of us carries a spark of the divine and will evolve and become enlightened. It's all
1: good Wow you gave me goosebumps there Susan That's Susan Plunkett everyone Author of Mission from Venus out October 25th from Wherever books are sold and trust me It is amazing Susan you are an absolute Superstar I appreciate your time So much thank you for joining us Tonight
0: and I appreciate you Kevin you are the best interviewer of all Time
1: There we have it What did you think Do you think there are layers of existence upon our own? You excited to one day have fifth dimensional sex? I think it made sense that there is sophisticated life in other dimensions and that there is a thin veil separating us all. The universe is so vast, so filled with mystery. Mission from Venus is a wonderful book written by a genuinely fascinating and lovely lady. Susan channels this information and could it be possible that she is tapping into something amazing that is happening in realms just out of reach of our own? George Lucas also said that he felt like he was channeling something with Star Wars. Maybe Mission from Venus and Star Wars are more real than we could ever imagine. Mission from Venus is available from wherever books are sold. Read it. Trust me, it will change your life in the most wonderful way. Visit wwwcosmicegg bookscom for more info or pop over to susanplunkett.com. That's Plunkett with one T. Make Mission from Venus your next read and next time you see Venus dazzling bright and mysterious in the night sky. Think of Susan and her book Mission from Venus and Sex in the Fifth Dimension. Susan has written wonderful articles for the free for all The Paranormal Chronicles digital magazine. Get your free magazine with no sign up or subscription at www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. Remember to follow so you never miss an episode and so you'll be entered into our monthly prize giveaways. Share this series to your friends and invite them to join us on our journey into the unknown. Let me leave you with this. Many of us hope for a world of adventure and magic, yet so many of us are trapped in the abyss of depression, grief, and sadness. It's important that I tell you just how important you all are. Your life is important, your life matters, and you are never alone. I appreciate you so much. Yes, you you listening now. From me to you, thank you. I am GL Davis. Thank you for listening. Sleep well.